make sure you can establish credibility. That either means you have actual experience or you have a team of professionals in your corner. You want to be professional in everything you do. And that means, you know, someone's only going to invest with you if they believe you can execute, make them a return on their money, and their hard-earned money is not at risk. Hey, investors, you're listening to the Investing to Win podcast, the show dedicated to empowering investors to achieve financial freedom and live your best life. This show is committed to offering honest conversation between investors, common sense strategies, real-time market updates, and professional guidance to achieving financial freedom. Investing doesn't have to be super hands-on or complicated. We are all about passive investments with real gain, so you have freedom of time and money. Your host is none other than Garrett Wong, who brings decades of experience in buying, renovating, and managing cash flow investment properties. Thanks for being here and get ready to invest to win. Good morning, investors. This is Garrett Wong, your host of the Investing to Win podcast. Last episode, I had the honor of having Vlad Blazer as my guest. Um, Very, very interesting interview. Cool individual. He's raised $2 billion. That's billion with a B. I mean, absolutely incredible, mind-blowing. So the topic of raising capital is very, very hot right now. And I wanted to unpack that for you. So this is another solo takeaways episode. So let's get right into it. What is raising capital? Well, when we talk about raising capital in the context of real estate, what we're really speaking about here is raising capital from other people, not yourself, uh, to fund whatever projects you might have. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Some people refer to this as OPM or other people's money. Or you could be, you know, trying to partner with somebody in a joint venture. I know we've spoken about joint ventures and legal agreements and things like that in past episodes. But a joint venture partner in this context might be somebody coming in with capital and you are the active partner. So you're finding the deal, you're running the project, you're finding tenants, uh, managing contractors. And that person is coming with money to maybe for down payments or to fund the construction. And then you'll be partners, whether it's 50-50 or whatever it might be with the equity and the ownership of that asset. Or you might have somebody that comes to you um, with straight capital or what I call a a capital investor. Uh, I use capital investors quite a bit. And that's just simply, you know, if I'm doing uh, a long-term buy and hold or even a flip, I'll use somebody for short-term capital. They get a return on their money. I, in turn, get to do a project a lot faster. I turn my projects around in four to six months. They get their money back and we rinse and repeat. So that's that's pretty popular out there. There's also bigger commitments uh, with lots more people like syndications or funds. That could be whether it's registered uh, or, I mean, I'm not even going to get into that, maybe in a future episode. Certainly not my area of expertise, but you could have a bunch of different investors getting together to fund a project, or you have a pool of investor money, then you're buying different assets and giving them a return. So whether it's a specific deal and a limited partnership, you know, where you're giving somebody a return, a preferred return, and then they get an equity split in three to five years, raising capital is important. And it's a bit of an art. 
So let's, let's unpack. Why do we need capital? Well, again, OPM, other people's money, meaning you're not using your own money. Because if you use your own money, it's slow. Now, let me give you an example of my past journey. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, but when I started um, back in 1997, I purchased one property. So obviously, you're saving up money for the down payment. We put in some renovations. We had that property refinanced after an appraisal, of course. There's value there. Uh, And then we were able to take back out our payment, maybe a little bit more of our construction costs. We rinse and repeat, right? That first year, we actually were able to get six more properties, six houses in that single year using the Burr strategy. And yes, we were able to build up to four to three houses and small multiplexes, but it still took me 12 years to get there. While that might sound great, 12 years is a long time. So if you want to do it quicker and you have more capital with you, that's how you're going to collapse time. So with that said, how do you raise capital? And that brings us to Brad. He raised $2 billion. So I had to get this guy in the podcast. Anyone and everyone in real estate can benefit from knowing how to raise capital. I listened to the podcast last night. I'm away home from a real estate networking event. And, you know, I have to be honest, the episode to me had a bit of a marketing sales flair to it. And I don't think it was intentional on Brad's part. But while he's got a ton of things and businesses going on, his coaching division teaches people how to raise capital. And he was going through his system. So I'm going to get into the concepts he spoke about, but I'm going to summarize them from my perspective. But before I do that, let's talk about the concept of sales. Now, if you're an investor, you might have listened to the episode and thought, wow, these are great concepts. I want to close my next capital investor and revise my pitch deck. But if you're someone with capital or even someone who has invested in one of my projects or considering investing in the future, your take might be, uh excuse me, I don't want to be closed. I don't want to be pitched to. So sales. Did you know that there is a big difference between investing in real estate and becoming a real estate investor? People become real estate investors all the time. They get into a flip or conversion project or even dealing with long-term tenants. And they come back to us to tell us the same thing. It's like having another full-time job. I don't know about you, but that's not what we call investing. Investing in real estate is about having your money work for you in a way that is passive, consistent, most importantly, hands-off. So which one are you? Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to invest in real estate? For those that are open to investing in real estate and having your money work for you, listen up. Garrett Wong has spent decades helping thousands of property owners navigate the ins and outs of property investing and management through his award-winning company, Upper Edge Property Management. Their new division, Upper Edge Capital, is currently involved in multiple projects, from single-family flips to multifamily development. Are you looking for a healthy return on your invested capital, or perhaps becoming a joint venture partner? If so, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to book a time to speak with Garrett and his team to see if there is a fit. Once again, the link is www. UpperEdgeCapital.com forward slash invest. Now, back to the show. What is sales exactly? So a good friend of mine has been in sales in his, you know, his entire life, his entire career, and he summed it up quite nicely. We're constantly selling. 
our entire lives. As a five-year-old, you're selling to your parents to give you that chocolate chip cookie before supper. As a 10-year-old, you're selling to your parents to let you stay up late to play that last video game. As a 16-year-old, you're selling to your parents to let you borrow their car for your first date. And as an adult, you're selling to your future employer in an interview, trying to quote-unquote close the deal and get hired for that perfect job. So I agree, we're always selling. So from that context, asking someone for capital to fund your next deal is technically closing a sale. But from my perspective, or at least how I communicate and treat my investors, I approach it like everything else. I'm building a relationship, not a transaction. And using concepts or terms like pitching or closing the sale or warming someone up before you try and get them to sign is almost borderline offensive to some. And if I'm being completely honest, it's not the way I like to do business. When I sit down in front of a potential investor, I'm having what I call a discovery meeting or discovery call. I want to see what the investor's risk tolerance is. I want to see if they've invested before. And quite honestly, I'm just trying to see if it's a good fit. And if I feel it's not a good fit or the investor just isn't feeling it, we walk away from that meeting feeling good. But when you break down what I'm doing in comparison to Brad's six-step system, there are similarities. He breaks it down into learnable steps for his students. I'm creating a, a relationship with my investors to see if it's a good fit. But then again, I've been doing this for 26 years and I'm drawing on my experience. Brad is collapsing time for his students so they can mimic what has been successful for him. But certainly in my mind, I'm not a salesperson. I've never been into hard sales. If you're listening to this, maybe you're thinking, oh, I could never sell. That's just not me. I'm just going to, I'm not just going to do it. But, you know, our property management company has currently, I think, about 350 property owners. So that's 350 investors. And until Fursi, our business development coordinator, took over, I had personal conversations with every single one of my clients. I didn't try to close a sale. I didn't try to get a property management contract signed. We had a call, we had a call or a meeting to see if Upper Edge Property Management was a good fit for them. And if the client was a good fit for Upper Edge. Relationships are a two-way street. And it has to be a win-win for both parties. So, you know, in my mind, I wasn't selling during these meetings. I'm, I'm passionate about our product. I'm passionate about our property management services. I believe our systems can truly help people achieve more freedom from the grind of having to manage their own property or properties. And I'm trying to communicate this in these meetings. So I believe this translates to the concept of raising capital. But nevertheless, let's move to my 10 key takeaways from this episode for you. Number one, trying to save up enough money for one down payment for a property is a slow process. The natural progression is for you to eventually need to use capital investors to accelerate your real estate business. Number two, you need to learn the skill of being able to raise capital. Takeaway number three, you have to decide if you want to work with friends and family or accredited investors. Number four, what is the definition of an accredited investor? And I'll, I'll outline this from the concept of our Manitoba Securities Commission here in our province. So an accredited investor is someone who has net income in the past two calendar years more than $200,000 and they expect it to be more than 200000 in the current calendar year. Or their net income combined with their spouse was more than 300000 in the past three calendar years. 
or alone or in combination with their spouse, they have more than $1 million in cash and or securities, or, and when I say or, these are different check boxes, right? You, you don't have to meet all of these categories. You have to meet one of them, all right? So, or alone with their spouse, they have net assets worth more than $5 million. So when you want to decide whether you're working with you know, friends and family or an accredited investor, uh, as I mentioned in the interview with Brad, I only work with accredited investors. Um, some people can start it with friends and family. I've just, you know, for me, I prefer to keep everything um, arm's length. I don't want to risk my, again, this is my personal view. I don't want to risk my friends and family's relationships over money. That's just, I've had bad experiences in the past. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, anybody, I know a lot of successful investors that start out using friends and family and it is a win-win for them. It's just, like I said, not for me. All right. Number five, capital or joint venture in a project, a project or a preferred return with a payout equity split in three to five years. You have to decide before approaching an investor, what type of projects you want and the needs you have. Number six, make sure you can establish credibility. That either means you have actual experience or you have a team of professionals in your corner. You want to be professional in everything you do. And that means, you know, someone's only going to invest with you if they believe you can execute, make them a return on their money, and their hard-earned money is not at risk. Good communication, clear progress reports, clear financials, clearly outlining the risks and how you will solve them if something happens. Number eight, have more than one meeting with the investor. Ensure it's a good fit. Find out if you can work together. Create a relationship, not a single transaction. Number nine, don't be pushy. Don't try to quote unquote close someone. The way I like to do it personally, if someone's interested, they'll go on a list for my future projects. When I have a potential deal, I'll present it to all of my investors, and if someone's not interested, I move on to the next investor. I'm never pushy about it, because sometimes that investor's capital is already out, it's committed, maybe the timing doesn't work out, or maybe they're just simply not ready yet. And number 10, and the most important piece of advice and takeaway, just be real, be honest, show your investor you and who you are. These investors are smart people and are wealthy for a reason. If you show them what, you know, some pseudo fake real estate mogul with an ego, they're going to see right through you before you even sit down at the table with them. If you speak to my investors, I mean, I hope they'll tell you that I'm a very genuine person. What you see is what you get. And, you know, and they're confident and trust me that if problems arise, I have the honesty and integrity to work through and solve them. And, and that'll do it. Short takeaways episode. I hope you enjoyed this segment. I'll be expanding on these concepts in future episodes with different guests. And yeah, thanks for listening and good luck hunting for those future deals. The market right now, I feel, is shifting and there's a ton of opportunity out there. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Investing to Win podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of another investor, take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with them. Investing to Win is not only about helping you to win more, but WIN actually stands for Wise Investors Network. It's where we help our investors build a hands-off portfolio and have passive investments work for them. 
To see how you can potentially partner with us, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to learn more. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. All links can be found in the description below. Until next time. Thank you.